fucking 2016, I went from being an iron worker addicted to Percocets and drinking every fucking day for hours and hours on end to an individual finally working on my health. And start, we stop, we gon' go get it done. Get it, we start, we gon' get it done. Start, we stop, we gon' go get it done. All right, guys, welcome to an exclusive interview. This is a follow-up to their original podcast. If you have not seen it, make sure you check the link. All right, this is an extension of the Living Icon podcast on Anthony's World channel. This is my first time interviewing these guys, but this is, we're putting them in the hot seat. So remember, this is an extension of the first podcast. Hands down, it was amazing. But now we're going to dive in, we're going to dig deep, and we're going to see what these guys are about. Mm-hmm. So I have the original host of the Living Icon podcast right here, Anthony Williams. He's now in the hot seat. He's usually putting people in the hot seat. He's an entrepreneur, a trader, extremely successful. I think he's in his 20s. Something like that. He does a lot of fun shit. <laughs> and we're going to learn about that right now. Then we got Cole Da Silva. Recently met this guy. Super cool dude. Crushing it in the fitness space. Entrepreneur. Helps personal trainers scale and build online. Trust me, you're going to want to hear what he has to say. You guys ready for this? Oh yeah, bro. Let's fucking do it. Let's do it. Let's run it. Sorry, bro. Yeah, Sorry. Trading, <laughs> I got trading no, and no trainers. Here, bro. You're going to have to get my attention. <laughs> mm-hmm. There we go. All right, so I want you to explain a little bit more about what you do, but I want you to do it in a way of like, what do people think you do and what do you really do? So people think that all I do is yell and bitch and whine online. That's basically what it is because if you go to my social media, that's all I do. I bitch about things, I yell online, I call people out. I produce motivational content based off of what other people define. That's why I put motivational speaker in my bio. But what I actually do is I help personal trainers grow and scale their businesses. We've been doing it for the last four and a half years. I've been in the fitness industry since 2016. I started as a fitness coach, built up a business with my business partner, saw some decent success, and wanted to start helping other personal trainers do the same thing. Love it. Same question for you. What do people think you do, but what do you actually do? People think I just trade. (laughs) They think I just trade online and... um, Yeah, that's what people... That's like what my image was built about. They think I just trade and... They think I do all kinds of crazy shit. Um, I get the threats that like I'm a scammer or some shit like that. Like, Always. So yeah, apparently I'm a scammer. Um, <laughs> that's what they think that I do. Not. Yeah. But um, I actually just own a bunch of. Um, I mean, I trade obviously, but own a bunch of tech companies, um, partners. You know, partners in a lot of different spaces. You know, more than yeah. just trading outside of the trading industry. Just partners in a lot of other stuff. We run a lot of companies and we build a lot of companies and we scale a lot. So that's odd. So you guys both said something really interesting right there when you were explaining it, you guys talked about partnerships, right? Mm -hmm. So I see a lot of people online. I mean, my business is online. I see a lot of people reach a certain level of success, but what I learn behind the scenes when I get to meet these people is there's a lot of partnerships involved. How important are, do you guys feel partnerships are and do you think they're necessary to scale to a certain level? So I'll just speak on my experience because we've only built the one company and then we bought a gym But if it wasn't for the partnership I have today and it wasn't for the partnership that we built, we wouldn't have built the company that we have. It was me coming up out of ironworking, struggling with addiction, struggling with my life. My friend, business partner now, found me, brought me on as a client. Then we just became so close that we became partners. And that yin and yang of having a partner, being able to bounce ideas off, being able to balance out each other's personalities, it helped us scale 10 times faster than anybody else around us. Because when he needed to take a step back, I stepped up. 
or when I felt like I was blocked emotionally or creatively, he stepped up. Like it just helped immensely. I think, again, the saying of if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with someone else means everything. And a lot of people are just too obsessed with having 100% of this small thing than at least 20% of something that could take you way farther. Yeah, I agree. Um, partnerships are everything. Um, you know, you know, I have my business partner, Q, and we started seven years ago. And now they call us the Illuminati of Forex for a reason. <laughs> so like, you know, partnerships are everything. We've been able to scale, grow. Um, he picks up where I slack, where, I, where he slacks, I pick up. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, my role personally is more of the creative um, building, build, create, and then hand it off. He's more of that, like going to guide things, you know, and then um, we have the honor of like three or four years ago, four years ago now, um, bringing Nick on as well. And that him adding that other side of it. And Nick's an attorney as well. So like, but he's, He's a retired attorney, is what I'm gonna say. Um, he's the our wild operations attorney, o- yeah, is what he is. yeah, right. Um, he's our <laughs> operations officer mostly. So having someone that can actually handle operations and do all of that stuff, yes. And then, um, you know, me being able to be creative, it's kind of allowed me to do what I'm passionate about, which is create businesses now. So those partnerships have been able for us to scale because we wouldn't have been able to do what we're doing now if we didn't have other partners and stuff to rely on and and grow with. Right. No, that makes sense. And I have another follow up question to that. So you guys aren't traditional business owners. You guys aren't traditional companies, right? Where a lot of people are behind the scenes. There's investors mm-hmm. involved. You don't know who the person is that's running a company. Yeah. You guys really built where you're at off your own image, your own personality. So following up on the partnership question, was there a point where you had to let your ego aside in order to realize like, I'm only going to do this if I have a partner because doesn't your ego kind of step in at some point where you think you could do it on your own because it is you that you're building. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, for me at first, I was also really young though too. So, Mm. I mean, I'm only 28 now. So seven years ago, I was 21. You know what I mean? So being able like at that such a young age and then we brought Nick on when we were, I was 20, what? 24. Yeah. Fuck 24. Um, so 24, 25. Um, and that was like a hard, like, you know, like trying to like say, oh, we got to give up percentages and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And, you know, you're, when you're making good money, you know, like all of a sudden, and that's, but that's a risk you got to take in order to grow. Cause like when you're making like, you know, let's say half a million a month or something like that. And then you're like, oh, I got to give up, you know, 20% of my company yeah. now, all of a sudden, like that is kind of like a fuck. But then you realize that it's going to make your life easier in order to create more and then you grow. So you, you have to let go of that ego. Um, but like, Ego has always been like one of those things for me that I've, I mean, I've ha- I obviously like, I think everyone has an ego. You have to no have an what. ego to yeah, be no successful. I truly think yes. you have to have, or like, like a chip on your shoulder, yes. but it's how you use that ego yes. um, and, and how, what fuels you to do that. So letting go of an ego for people like, for me, it's like when someone says, oh, I had to let go of my ego. Eh, no, you didn't. You just didn't know how to control the ego. You got to learn how to control that and say, okay, I'm going to put my ego and use it because that's a personality trait that everyone has. And that ego can be a very, very good thing. It's a very, very powerful and strong thing that you should put on the forefront. Not get rid of it, but you should learn how to monetize and use it. Right, I, I like that. I how agree. do you feel about ego? The balance breakdown, as I talked to you about this yesterday, is ego and humility for me. Mm. Now, when it came down to Brian, like honestly, there was really no ego. I don't think we would have built what we built today if it wasn't for each other, period because there was a lot of things that happened in the last six years of us building where if I wasn't there to be like, no, or hone it back, the whole company would have burned down and vice versa. Like our personalities balance perfectly. But I also like, I am loyal to a fucking fault. I had nobody yeah. growing up. 
no one growing up. I felt like I was alienated, pushed into a corner, beat down, ridiculed. So when I was able to latch onto that, it even makes me emotional. Every time I talk about B, like my boy, yeah, it's like it, without him, we would not be where we are. Like, and it's so there's no part of me that was like, oh, yeah, you get the limelight and I don't because our companies run differently. Like he is forefront face of the business. I am back end, kind of like what you were saying, building things out, making things move properly. So even though sometimes the ego pops up, that humility slaps me real quick. Like this is how it's needed. Yeah, this is what we need to run. That's that's what I said too. Because like Q, like I've always I give Q the most credit because he's the innovator of Forex. He's mm-hmm. the innovation of Forex. Yes, like I created the businesses um, with him, and like yes, we did all that. But he is the innovator of the industry, like the entire Forex. Like if you type type in Forex, you're pretty much just gonna see Q <laughs> everywhere. Like mm-hmm. he is the number one thing in Forex for retail like people. And so like yeah, I mean people ask me all the time like. Like we get, we have some crazy comments because you know we're two completely different people. He's this tall Jamaican, <laughs> this tall black Jamaican. I'm the short white kid. You know what I mean? That's literally my boy. Literally, <laughs> tall, really? They could not no, be more Ryan opposite. Is literally fucking like six feet, jack black dude, and I'm this fucking five six short little white guy, bro. That's, that's awesome. exactly the same. Bro, yes, that's exactly. crazy. Yeah, that's wild. Literally. And so like yeah, and so then that happened, and then yeah, so I mean, but it's cool to see because like he's like you know, the, like I said, he's the innovator man of yeah. this industry, and then I've been able to take that step back. But yeah. there's no way we would have ever built like we say we talk about all the time is like we are like the the combo together that's just the most deadly powerful combo. Yeah. Right, right. So you guys said a little bit about humility online. You guys build a personality online. Like you yeah. guys have very big followings. You guys influence a lot of people. I was, I want you guys to dive deep into this, okay? How do you handle hate online? Because I'm sure both of you, I know both of you guys get it. Maybe you don't. How, how do you guys handle it? Because I know there's probably a lot of people watching who yeah. want it. They look up to you guys. I want to build a personal brand. I want to put myself out there. I've watched some of your videos. Like, don't give a fuck about what anybody says. Yeah. Go do it. So what message do you guys have to people who are trying to build their brands and they're getting hate? They're getting the comments. Well, first, number one, understand that saying I don't care about what other people think is the most bullshit term <laughs> in the entire world. We all do. Exactly. Why? Because then we wouldn't get the cars. We wouldn't get the houses. We wouldn't even start businesses. We would just sit in our houses on the couch drinking and eating food. Mm-hmm. We, we move because individuals need some sort of human connection and they thrive off of that feeling. All right. When your dad says they're proud or your mom says you're proud or your friends or whatever. So you need to understand that in the forefront because every person's advice is just don't care. Like I don't bullshit. Okay. I've even said like, you need to cut out the opinions, but it's understanding number one, that you care about them. And then number two, understanding that you can never win the battle in the first place. So don't even engage. Dude, I get a ridiculous amount of comments on a daily basis of people. And, but I honestly don't even really call it hate. I get people expressing their opinions to me because I am challenging your core beliefs. So like, how am I going to call it hate when I basically just held a mirror up to your face and made you realize everything you've been doing wrong for the last 10 years? Yeah. That's just your, now you're angry. Now it's you're sharing your opinion, your story, what you've been through. So there's some people that are just like, you'll fuck your shoes or that's a stupid car. I'm like, that's hate. So I'm like, I just don't engage. I literally don't even open up my notifications on my TikTok at all. I've never checked. Really? Mm -hmm. So would you say that it still triggers you or do you think you're numb to it at this point? There's only certain things that do. Um, so like if anybody attacks me, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's, and again, that's why I 
preface this entire conversation with like, we all do care, but it's literally reached a point now over the last seven years of me dealing with it where it's like, I'm numb to it now. Yeah. It doesn't phase me. Like it just happens on a daily basis. Um, but if people talk about Julia, my wife, or mm. talk about Brian, my business partner, I get extremely aggressive. And yeah. then it's like, I'll go off. Um, and it was actually like my most viral videos is when people spoke about how I treated people based off of an assumption. And right. I couldn't control the emotions yeah. on a video. And Daniel, my <laughs> guy, just ended up capturing it and just went ballistic. It's real. Yeah. It's real. That's awesome. What about, I know you deal with it too. Yeah, I mean, it's part of life. Yeah. <laughs> you just come to a point where it's just like, okay, not everyone's going to like you. And it's not their mm-hmm. job to like you. Yes. It's no one's job to like you. It's your job to love yourself. And so if, as long as you're happy with yourself, then doesn't really fucking matter. So you don't get triggered. Nothing. It doesn't trigger um, you. Are there certain things? Yeah. I mean, obviously, like the family stuff does. That's a very big trigger. But it's like everyone online is just all talk. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. For real. Everyone online they is all, all fucking they talk. Are. And so it's just like, yeah, I mean, just deal with it and just live with it and go with it. Like, yeah. have fun with it. Yeah. And like, just got to face it. But you also like what I realize is like I get more love than I get hate. Always. But, mm. the hate, but like the hate sticks out. Like some of the biggest videos never seen and here's what's crazy is like i have like videos where i talked about like kind of like the same thing about like buying cars and shit like that and the actually the most hate that i get is from insecure weak men mm-hmm. yeah not like like i have videos where like talking about like how i like built stuff and like out and got nice cars so my kids could like understand like, like i wanted to be the superhero in my kid's life yes. i didn't want him idolizing someone else <laughs> So, <laughs> so like I, that was like a big video that I had that went really viral, and it was crazy because all the men were like, "Your kids doesn't care about what car you drive," and I was like, "That's cool because your kid's playing with a supercar that their toy collection that they wish they could ride in. I'm putting my kid in an actual one and driving him yes, around." Dude. Yeah. So, what do you mean? Like, and like the thing is, is that's crazy. Is like one of the videos that I did actually with Rob. Yeah. And like it went crazy because all the men fucking hated it but then i'd go through and i was like i actually like read the comments because i was like trying to see like what scale it was and women fucking loved it mm-hmm. women were like what do you mean i want to stay at home i wish you would fucking provide yes. i wish this would happen and i was like this is an interesting thing and that was when my whole perspective changed on men and women like i used to i went through a phase of like where i was like okay like you know there's a difference in men and women obviously and like you know that like there's a lot of things that women do blah 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 and then i went through a phase where i realized it's because of men I, I blame men for every single yep. fucking thing that's wrong with this world. <laughs> and it's all on their shoulders because like I'm going to hold a man way more accountable than I will ever hold a woman accountable mm-hmm. because it's like it's your job. Like it's just your fucking job. And if you're not doing your job, then what the fuck are you doing? Right. Agreed. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. So oh, there's another good point there. You guys both have kids, right? Mm-hmm. You have a boy? He's uh, 11 and a half months old right now. 11 and a half months. Yeah. So you're in the shit shit. <laughs> no, no he's, he's chill, bro. He sleeps 10 to 12 hours a night. Barely fucking cries. Ew. He's the happiest baby in the world, Just man. don't have a second one. No, I'm going to have three. I'm, okay, I'm, three, you wait. You know? Bro, yeah. I said the same thing. I'm going to hire a maid. My, 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 uh, <laughs> my uh, son was that same way. Yeah. Slept all night. Super easy. Super like yeah. great. Like potty trained himself at two. Like never had to like like crazy, right? Yeah. And then we had my daughter. That's what everybody keeps saying. If you have a yeah. girl, you're fucked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, they're fucking mean. They're feisty. They're crazy. They yeah. don't fucking listen. Like, bro, no. Bro. Touche. I'm telling you, bro. And the second one is just fucking ruthless, too. Yeah. Like, you ever seen, like, a kid? Like, like I've literally walked into our closet, and she had opened all the drawers, because we have, like, a center island. And she opened all the drawers. 
climbed up and she's like i mean she's she's two so like well two and a half now but she like i mean like she's not able to get on it's like this tall mm-hmm. like from the ground she opened all the drawers and i walk in there and she has all of our clothes out trying our clothes on on the center console and i'm like i'm like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> like like she will literally climb on to like the the counters to get fucking like cups out of the thing yeah, and dude. i'm like what is this no like this is not right yeah they're fucking ruthless <laughs> the second one just doesn't care yeah no doesn't care mm-hmm. so with that right and i i'm around you a lot i, I know your lifestyle yeah. like it's <laughs> It's just for you guys watching. It is more extravagant than it even looks. So, and I'm not I bullshitting. I don't post half the shit. No, I'm not bullshitting. Post like maybe a tenth of the shit. And you're probably creating a pretty good life for your family, yeah. right? Did you guys have a life like that growing up? Did no. you guys have rich parents? Did you guys have security, trust funds, anything? I grew up in a six to 700 foot trailer, 45 minutes into the country boonies until I was 14 years old. And it was like, that was the like the stationary house once we actually landed there between under 14 we did like seven houses seven houses seven different schools three different cities the entire time grew up in nothing and it was like for the longest time that's just that's how i thought my life was right it was like that's just that's it that's normal life that's the ceiling and then looking back i was like oh shit we didn't go and get deep freezes from value village and random places because we were trying to be thrifty we did it because we needed to stock them up because we didn't have enough fucking food to feed ourselves for the next couple of months. Like it was like little things. I had to bathe in four inches of bath water with my th- two younger brothers because we couldn't afford to refill the well when we were growing up. So it was like middle to lower class where we were super low at times. And yeah. then like, yay, we'd be middle because yeah. my dad was working as a crane operator out of town. Wow. Mm-hmm. How about you? How was it so for mine you growing was, up? Mine was different. So like my parents got divorced when I was very, very young. And I went and lived with my mom and like she always made it work and then she made it work and then we moved a lot because yeah. I mean she was a, like not a single mom like my dad was always there but like when you're that young like it's like okay mom and then you see your dad on the weekends yeah and then if you see your dad on the weekends if not it like and then it went to like once a month that I'd get to see my dad and then like my dad was always like stable he was good you know like really really did really they did their best right but like never had like a ton of money yeah no, nothing like like now, right? Right. And um, he owned his own business. So like, I mean, obviously owning your own business in like Mississippi, like there's no money in Mississippi. <laughs> and so like, but like it went through phases, you know, like I remember like one time, like one for like three years from like seventh grade to like seventh, no, sixth grade to like eighth grade. Mm-hmm. My mom like made a ton of money. So like I went from like poor to rich and then my mom lost everything mm. lost it all she went to prison when i was uh 13 Shit. for oh, for five years and so lost all lost lost it all and then that was like a weird transition because we went from like like it was just up and down right like yeah. it was like we went from like being in like the biggest house in a gated community from a trailer like we lived in a trailer at one point we lived on land and then we went from like you know very minimal to like making a ton of fucking money to then back to poor before she went to prison to poor like like sonic dollar menu yeah like every day in school and then like back and forth and like moving and like moving i remember like we'd go to a place and we would move houses and then like because like the way she like i don't know the way she did it or what, what for some reason we'd move like every three months yeah. because she couldn't afford to pay the bills mm-hmm. so we just move before they kick you out and like having no power and stuff like that but so it's like really weird going from like 
like having Hummers, new trucks. Like this is when Hummers and stuff were big. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, having the new fucking Hummer H1 and all that mall. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bro. Having all that, being like throwing like the biggest parties, being in like seventh grade, throwing the biggest fucking parties in like middle school and like talking like two, three hundred people, like top of the like school and then like moving schools like every three months. Yeah. You know, for like a year, a year and a half. And just like, I mean, we were fucking dead and she didn't have money. Like we didn't yeah. have money. So like, boom, boom, boom. Damn. Pawning shit to get stuff and yeah. stuff like that. And that's when I started my entrepreneur journey is I would take, um, my dad would send, it's actually kind of, eh, it's kind of fucked up, but I'll, I'll give a fuck. <laughs> um, so my, my, my dad would send my mom like 200 bucks for like, you know, like every week for me to get stuff right. And so what I would do is like, I would ask him to send me more money like $25 more mm-hmm. and then I'd go to Dollar General and I'd buy $25 in candy and then I'd go to school and I would sell that $25 in candy for like for like $80 50 to $80 so I'd sell like sticks of gum because you couldn't have gum in school yeah so I'd literally sell sticks of gum for 50 cents but I'd buy a whole pack of gum for a dollar yeah and I'd sell them for 50 cents at school and I was making money and that was like my first like into the to the world and then um and then what else we would do is me and my boy, um, his name is Corey, um, we would actually go on the golf courses in the middle of the night. We'd scoop out golf balls, balls and, and we'd clean, we'd go in and clean them, <laughs> and then we'd sit on the same hole, yeah. and we would literally watch golfers hit on a par three, hit their ball into the water, it would be like a dollar, <laughs> and we'd smart, sell them bro. back golf balls, and they would do it. And then like, it was obviously a very wealthy golf course, and they loved it. And, we'd, yeah. and then we set up a lemonade stand right there, and that, and that was like my first like real, like, take into that entrepreneur world you know it's funny you as long as you've been around golf balls you're still not that good at golf ah, fuck all i knew was coming <laughs> oh, shit, i'm so bad at golf if i'm you, just kidding he's pretty good at golf if you, knew how, if you knew how many times the golf ball in the air is just like water and just go straight for it uh, <laughs> i swear they have um they have like little chips bro, inside of them that just attracts them whenever the we go golfing i'll buy extra like four five six packs just because i know i'm gonna lose <laughs> like at least six golf balls because i can blast the shit out of a drive but I can't do shit around the green. There's just no way. So yeah. I'll just blast it, blast it, and just lose a bunch of them. That's so Ivy, awesome. this is a yes or no question. Yeah. Based on how you guys grew up, did that contribute to your success today? Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Is that going to change for your, your boys? Because oh, they're not going to get that. That's something that I think about all the time. Yeah. Because, so like, I didn't have like the entrepreneurial blood like you're talking about. I, I definitely relate to like the super high up and then low. We didn't have like super, super highs when it came down to money, but we would always have money. Like, mm-hmm. and, I, and I tell this to everybody, like we were technically spoiled in some areas. Like, we'd have good Christmases where we get like decent presents mm-hmm. and then it would get real fucking bad and like real dark in our household. And there's a lot of things going on. And then I think about it all the time. I talk to my wife about it and I'm like, this is like, how do I breed that same thing? in this little man that will never understand what it's like to go through that will never experience the emotional and physical and trauma abuse trauma all that other shit won't have to go through that won't have to couch surf because he doesn't want to go home because he's terrified of everybody like the all the shit that i think about on a daily basis it actually hit me i think he was six months old when i was walking down like one of the paths in our house one of the hallways and i looked out and saw the view came out and he was sitting in his little bouncy chair and I just like broke down. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck, dude? I'm like, he'll it's, never know. He'll yeah. never know. He doesn't, and, even, doesn't even understand. No, can't comprehend. And that's like the hard one because like, like as a parent, like you don't necessarily want to like put them through trauma. Yes. Like you want to protect right. them, right? But like what I've recently learned is like, like I can't put him through the same traumas and the same experiences that yeah. I went through. Um, 
And I mean, I don't know, like they're still young, like who knows who the fuck knows what's going to happen. So yeah. like they might experience their own traumas and they're going to for sure. But like, how do you do that? And like, that's been something I've always had to like battle with. Right. And so like what I've done to this day is I've making sure that he gives up his favorite thing every time, like whatever it is, it's his favorite thing. He has to give it up. So like they're at a park and he's like, has his favorite toy and, and another kid walks up to him and he's like, and the other kid was like, Oh, that's like, they were like talking. They're like, want to play with the toy. And I, and I was like, and Declan, my son just gave him the toy. Like, like just gave it to him. And it's like, it's his favorite fucking toy. You know how hard that is for a kid. Mm-hmm. So my thing is, I've always said from day one, you have to give up the things that you want the most because other kids might not have anything. Mm-hmm. And so it's not your job to know what it is. It's not your job to know why. It's not your job. It's just your job to make sure everyone around you has more because then what they, when they, then when they met them, it's your job to make sure you give up your shit. You become that lasher like because that. that's like, that's what you have to do. Because like, you know, my kids fucking have never flown on a fucking, you know, commercial airline. <laughs> and it's like, what do you mean? Like, how am I supposed to put see, that through crazy, trauma? Bro, they've, yeah. they've only flown private. Like, yeah, see, how do you, we ain't there yet. <laughs> we'll get there. But I'm like, that's just crazy. But bro. Like, and, yeah. but like, so like, that's my thing. But if you like, if you meet my son, like he's like, is that type of kid that like he like gives that. his shit up. And like, I've, inst- I've instilled that in him from day one, especially him. It's like more people don't have. What you've already experienced. Yeah. They will never experience what you've experienced in life already at four years old. So you're going to give up everything that you love to them. And then you'll, you'll then my goal is to basically make it to where he doesn't have attachment to things. Right. I like that a lot. And so like, that's like the only trauma I know how to teach him. Because I'm obviously is, not going to like beat him. Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to like beat him. can't do that. Like that. <laughs> no, you can't. It's like, it's, that's probably the biggest thing that I've had to wrap my head around. Because the first two months of my son being born, dude, it was hell. I'm like, my wife saw it. Daniel heard me because uh, Daniel works in my house, uh-huh. right? Six to eight hours a day, does video stuff. And he could hear me walking around upstairs after I put him to bed, like losing it. Like just the the most angry I've been, like breaking down, losing my mind. Because I was like, I'm going to ruin this kid's fucking life. I'm like, I don't know how to deal with this. It was like all the shit that I had buried just came out the first two months. Um, but then it just clicked. It was like th- seven months into him being born. It was like everything just switched. It was like my brain went into like problem solving. And I was like, okay, what are the values that I learned through all my trauma? What are the principles I operate on a daily basis? And they just became like my blueprint, my Bible. I'm like every single day, just operating from those. And I'm going to drill it till everybody in my household can speak them verbatim, operate from them verbatim. I'm like, that's what I'm going to teach them. Core family principles. Yeah. Will you guys leave like a trust fund for your kids? Mm -hmm. Fuck no. (laughs) There we go. No. Fuck no, fuck so, yes. I, I don't want a trust fund. I want to teach him how to make money. Like, am I going to leave him with no money? No, I don't believe in the entrepreneurial mind of that. Where it was like, I, I don't even know who it was. I'm not going to try to air everybody out. But it was like, I saw like these videos, the trending ones where people are like, they get no cash, yeah. nothing fuck. when I'm leaving. Yeah. That's stupid. Yeah. Like, I want to teach that. When I say fuck no is because I don't want to create this trust fund that just leaks the money on a daily and weekly basis because that to me goes against all the principles and core values that I fucking built. But I want to yeah, teach them how to make money. And then I want to make sure that they are set up. Like my goal is the generational wealth. Make sure people are set up. They've got the houses, they've got the cars. And then you get to operate from like, like purpose. Right. Like what do I want to do on this planet? Because I don't need to think about yeah. what I need. Right. That makes sense for, for sure. Yeah. And the reason I, I, I'm going to definitely like I already have trust funds set up for my kids. Um, everything is set up for them to be able to do pretty much whatever they want. Like, mm-hmm. 
like if I die, whatever the fuck happens, yeah. like they're set up for the rest of their life already. But the way I've done it is like I've set things in there that they have to do in order, mm, in like order that. for them to get them. And because um, like, you know, I can't sit here and I can't say because what if my son's purpose is to not be an entrepreneur? You know, yeah. what if his purpose is to go out and go build schools and help yeah. people in other countries yeah. and save people's lives? Like if that's what he wants and that's his purpose, then and I can make enough money to fulfill that, to, to help him do that, then that's his purpose, right? Because like I know for me, like my purpose in life, I can't be the guy that's going to start a charity and that's going to uh, go out there and like do all this crazy stuff, right? Um, I, I can't, I'm not, it's not me. Like I'm yeah. not going to be that guy, yep. but I am the guy that can make so much fucking money that can fund all of it. That's, and I so said that verbatim. Before, so, <laughs> I like that. So like, so like whatever he wants to do. Right. So like, yes, they have college funds. Yes. They have all this other stuff. Um, but there's also a lot of tax benefits to having college funds. Mm-hmm. It's like the number one, it's like, like fun fact, college fund. It's the number one thing. Well, I don't know about in Canada, but in here in America, it's the number one thing, no matter what you do, they cannot touch a kid's college fund. I don't think that's the same in Canada, oh. but that, <laughs> so here in America, in America, you can put two hundred and eighty thousand dollars. It's like two hundred. It's like between two hundred fifty and three hundred thousand, something like that. It's mm-hmm. different each state, and like you can get fucking caught. Like like fuck, dude, you could fucking be running the cartel. Just about, they cannot touch a kid's college fund. See, that's cool. So, so we like, put money in there for that I would that do because they can't touch yeah. it, and so it's like there's also like selfish reasons. But I'm gonna, I mean, I'm gonna try and teach him how to run a business. But I can tell by my son's personality already like he's not very entrepreneurial he's not he is not an entrepreneur his mindset doesn't work that way you could tell that at that yeah, young of an yeah, age yeah he's he's more of a um he's more of a builder like he likes to build things and he likes to help and like do things and like he like he like he gets lights up when he builds something and then like for his like from our daughter a little sister he'll build her like her toy lego set yeah. build it for her and then give it to her and it's like what like why like you know what i mean so like i can tell that that's not his personality that's cool not my daughter She's a fucking savage. She's fucking ruthless. She's probably gonna be the one that takes over my company. <laughs> <laughs> she's the that's one that's cool, gonna take man. over my companies and runs them all. He's not gonna be that way. He's more of that like like I could see him going to school to like be an attorney to learn stuff and then go overseas and help people. That's cool. That's man. what I can see. You're literally yeah. explaining Yellowstone. <laughs> well, Have fuck, you guys watched we, it? Yeah, oh, yeah. The I daughter and the son. I just started. and the guy on, uh, with we the just land. <laughs> yeah, bro, it's so good. So we buy a ranch. I did. I think it's I texted so Conrad. Good, I watched I texted it twice. Conrad, oh, dude, it's I watched so the good. whole thing twice, bro. I'm I, think, I think I texted Conrad, and I was like, I was like, yo, um, I'm watching Yellowstone. Uh, how does Montana sound? Yeah. <laughs> I was like a thousand acres bro, in Montana ranch. It's so sick. I want a helicopter that just flies me around yeah, and checks on everything. So, um, but like I can just see that. Like I can yeah. just yeah. see that. Like through like the way he thinks and stuff like that. And I mean, it might change, you know, for sure. Because but as of right now, he hasn't had really like trauma traumas. Well, and I like that. I'm like it. When it comes down to the trust fund and everything else, that rules and stipulations, things they have to do, hundred percent. Yeah, like that's that's the goal. I'm like, but I don't believe in again the. Let's just make sure these kids don't oh, want no, to do shit. No, never that's works. Like, and no. that's where, even though I don't like the trending videos or blah, I'm not going to leave nothing for my kid. I understand why they're doing it because right. you have all these kids nowadays, and you've probably seen them, and I've seen them, and you've seen them that just want money and they don't want to do fucking nothing. Yeah, and then they just yeah. become these toxic. Just pessimistic, negative individuals. Demasculine. And what's that yes. saying? Where the is it? The grandpa drove no. a. What is it? You guys know the, the gra- exact. The great grandfather. The great grandfather walked to work. The grandfather uh, rode a bus to work. The father, uh, yeah. The father uh, drove a Ferrari to work. The son will walk to work. 
really? repeats itself. Mm-hmm. It repeats itself. It's a, it's mm-hmm. a it has to repeat cycle. itself because at some point they never had to earn it. At some point they're gonna get it yeah. and they're gonna they're gonna lose yep. it. So it's like starts over. And, History and, repeats itself, and it's hard right? because like obviously like your best thing is, but like I like I said, man, like I'm a very like I'm a very fucking selfish person. I'm a very selfish person. Like I'm building this shit for me, 100. Yeah. percent And so like like is it going to affect his life? Yeah, but it's my job to make sure that it doesn't affect it negatively. Right. Um, and it affects it in the right way. Right. Because like I'm not going to stop building. Like I know so many people that stop their life when they have kids. They stop doing what they want to do. They stop living their life. And I, I something to say about that, that was like the number one thing I told. Like I told Megan, I was like, look, we're not fucking changing our life. Like our son was two weeks old at a brewery. <laughs> like yeah. we had him two weeks later. We're at a fucking brewery well, outside. Like I'm not changing my life. Like, like Declan was growing up, like fucking we're playing beer pong. <laughs> and he was like strapped on us. Me and Megan just play beer pong. <laughs> like, like we're not changing our fucking life for you. You're going to live inside of our life. Dude, I get it 100%. I said that to my wife because, um, again, it was a very weird, weird decision for me to have kids. There was a lot of shit that happened. So it was like always said I wanted them. Mm-hmm. And then when it became a reality, like, oh, shit's about to happen, I wanted a full fucking panic. <laughs> my wife is like, figure your shit out or I'm leaving. Get yourself like, together. Figure it out, dude. <laughs> so we figured it out. We ended up having kids. Um, but it was like before and afterwards, I literally sat her down. And I'm like, I refuse to be that fucking soccer dad. It's not huh. going to happen. Uh-uh. I'm not driving the kid to fucking practice to sit there, to sit <laughs> on my fucking ass and drink on the couch. It will not happen. Nope. I'm doing shit. We're traveling. We're making money. I'm working on my goals. I'm working on my fitness. I'm putting me first so I can give you the best version of me. Yep. And I'm like, I refuse to do that shit. I hate it. I think it's fucking weak. And yeah. I've attacked a lot of fucking people for it. I think just put like kids are born and then everything else is gone and the only priority is the kid but then you neglect your health and your mindset and your business and then that kid has got to grow up like us yep they got no fucking money they got no purpose they got no one to look up to because the only thing they did is show up and i that's where i go against that saying of like presence is the only thing that matters no that's the stupidest fucking thing i've ever heard in my life facts yeah presence is dope i agree i would love to have that support all right having that support means a lot but it sucks if you're in a fucking shack, then the presence yeah. doesn't matter because you're like, dad, why are we living in a fucking house with no roof? Why yep. can't we feed ourselves? Why do I got to bathe with my fucking brothers in four inches of water? Right. Yep. Right. Like it's, it's so I, stupid. I said that to me. That's like, Megan's like, well, you know, something like, and I, but I'm like, you gotta remember, like I work my ass off so you can be present. Yes, That's your right. job is to be present. It's not my job to be present. It's my job to instill morals and the reality of the world, not like it's to teach them how to do things. It's not there. Like it's not there. Yeah. And that's the biggest, I would say conflict with, and and households and marriages and and couples. And like when they have children, they put their, they put their kids first and it's like, no, like that should never, you should always put, you know, yourself, then your partner, then your kids. Mm -hmm. Because if there's no foundation, then there's nothing at all. Right. You know what I mean? So, so, but what both of you just said, I have a good segue into this. So, I read this crazy stat, right? Because I'm in, I'm in health and wellness. I focus on weight loss, yeah. obesity. This was one of the craziest stats to what you said. If the parents are overweight or obese, there is a 99% chance that the kids will also be overweight or obese. Yeah. If the parent was fit or healthy weight, there was a 1% chance that that kid was going to be obese or overweight. Yeah. 1%. Yeah. 99% if they're overweight. So my question to you guys is how important and what, at what point in your life did you start taking nutrition and exercise seriously? Mm. And how does it impact who you are now? Bruh, in <laughs> fucking 2016, I went from being an iron worker addicted to Percocets 
and drinking every fucking day for hours and hours on end to an individual finally working on my health. And if I didn't do that, me and my wife wouldn't be married today. I wouldn't have a son. I'd probably be in a very, very dark place, even darker than I currently was at that point. Fitness is everything. I, I truly believe that fitness is the foundation of all fucking success. Because if, again, there's a lot of real, real successful, obese, obese motherfuckers in the world. But then they pass it on to their kids. And to me, that's straight up child abuse, dog. Yeah. You don't know how to fucking monitor what your kid puts in your mouth. What is wrong with you? I mean, so I, I agree, I disagree a little bit on both. Mm -hmm. I don't think fitness is the foundation. I've, I've, everyone that I talk to, everyone's like, fitness is the foundation. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's the foundation. But I also understand that, like, am I in the best shape ever? No. But I watch what I eat. Yep. I fast every day. Drink plenty of fucking water. So it's like, it's a stable point in my life. Like, yes. it definitely is a staple point in my life. But I don't think, for me, it was never the foundation. Mm -hmm. um, but I started working out when I was uh, 16 because I was the smallest kid. Mm -hmm. And so, like... Uh, what I did is I went from like 80 pounds in like seventh grade yeah. to 160 just in one summer and one summer. Just I literally gained like, I think it was like 60 to 70 pounds one summer and um, got strong. And so like it definitely started and helped my entrepreneur journey. Mm -hmm. I will say that. But like I then I went through phases like obviously like everyone does. And like I, got, I let myself get out of shape. And then I get myself back in shape. Then I let myself get out of shape. Then I let myself get back in shape. Yeah. So like it definitely is a staple point and it needs to be. Um, but I don't think it needs to be like, obviously you're in like the fitness industry. So it, like, it has to relate more to you on that. Yeah. But like for me, it's um, like, I don't need, I'm not the guy. I don't want to work out four days, five days a week. Mm -hmm. I don't want to like, I, I'd rather go on a walk. I don't, I would rather just eat healthy, eat less, like be moderate. You know what I mean? With what I eat, how I eat. I don't want to be the guy that sends, spends two hours in a gym a day. Like, it's just not me. I have I zero like desire to do that, right? Mm -hmm. I would rather do just about anything. <laughs> yeah. Anything. But I do think that you have to have fitness and health on the yeah. forefront of what you're doing. Be, just because it's just you live a better life. You, you have more function. Like, yes. you know, like go sit in a sauna. Like, I personally would rather go sit in a sauna for 25 minutes and meditate than go hit a gym. See, it, and I want to touch on that because I agree with everything you're saying. I think there's three pillars of your goals in your life, your wealth, health, and relationships. Mm -hmm. Health doesn't just mean fitness or the yeah, gym. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's, like, it's mind. It's the sauna. Mm -hmm. It's the mobility. Cause like, yep. even though like you don't take your fitness as serious as me, you still train your ass off. Like yep. we fucking train today. Like yep. you push yourself in the gym. Yep. Fitness is my foundation of success because I was lost in life. Yeah. I had no purpose. I had no direction. I had no discipline. I couldn't stop myself from drinking a 40. I couldn't stop myself from buying another 100 pack of pills. So it was like, it became my new addiction. And I fucking do not like training six days a week. I don't like doing six days a week of training and then another nine hours of boxing. But then when I do it, I just feel like a fucking monster. Yeah. Like I am, I am that superhero for my son. Yeah. I'm like, every time he feels like he won't be able to do something, I'm like, well, my dad's fucking doing everything. Yeah. And it's just become like this, this, thing that's just cemented me in exactly what I needed to do every day. So do you feel, and I want you to touch on this too. So let's talk a little bit about drug use, mm -hmm. right? Alcohol is drug, the yeah. whole thing. When you have an addiction to something, do you truly feel that you took the same tendencies of that addiction and transferred it over to entrepreneurship and success, that addictive personality? Yeah. Did you transfer it over? And same question to you. And also, do you feel that in order to be uniquely successful, you have to have somewhat of an addictive personality? Uh, to a certain degree, yeah. Like I, 
I didn't take the traits from my addiction and put them in entrepreneurship. We kind of talked about this yesterday. I just am. I've always been an all in or all out motherfucker. Like I'm either 100% in or I do not care and I don't want to do it. I'm like if when I played sports in school, I was either all in or I'm like, that's a stupid sport. I'm not playing it. So when it came down to like the addiction, my addiction started with Percocets because I was actually in pain ironworking. Mm. I was doing 10 to 12 hours outside every day. And you guys know when you take a hammer and you hit a piece of metal, mm-hmm. it vibrates your hands. Mm-hmm. I was doing that every day and it got to a point where my hands were like chicken feet. At 22 years old, I couldn't open my hands anymore. Damn. So I went to doctor after doctor after doctor and they couldn't help me. So I supplemented and figured out a solution so I could keep working and grind it out. So it was like, it was just all in, like I wanted to work. Mm-hmm. So that became an addiction through that. So I think I've always had that trait of being like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going balls to the fucking wall. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to let you talk real quick because I have something funny to say about this. So earlier today at the gym, Chris walks in, right? And I ask how he golfed with Anthony, right? Yeah. I said, hey, how was the golf? And then I always ask, how did Gerald do his dad? Then I ask, how did Anthony do? And Chris goes, you know, he just tries to swing so hard all the time. And I go, Chris, this motherfucker's got one speed. His entire life, everything he does is one speed. Yes. That's why he is where he is. Yes. So I want you to touch on the addictive part. So too. for me, I got very, I must say, like, blessed um in a way that my addiction has from day one been money Mm. i was addicted to making money and then the moment i made a dollar how do i make two how do i make four how do i make six like that was my addiction from the youngest point of my life since i can remember my addiction has been making money and and uh you know I, I just got lucky. I got blessed in that. Like I never had the addiction. I never had the addictive personality to other things. Um, I like I, I mean I was addicted to working out when I was younger, um, and I had to do it. it. Didn't matter what it was. But like for me, it was just always money. Like how do I make more money? How do I make more money? How do I make more money? And it was a good thing that that it was a blessing and a curse. You know, because for me, I've always been that personality that it's never enough. Yeah. Nothing. Everything that I have right mm. now still not enough. And I have everything, yep. everything and more that you could ask for, still not enough. And so like, for me, that was my biggest addiction is just money, 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 money. And it can, it can fall, it can be a bad thing. So uh, probably like, I would say like three years ago, I went into a place where no matter what I did, I woke up every single morning knowing that I was going to make over a million dollars a month. And then like, do you know what kind of like, and it like fed that addiction. And like, so like when you have the money, when your addiction is gone, because you know, you no matter what you're going to have it, you, it can put you in a very bad place mm-hmm. because now you have nothing to look forward to and chase. Yep. And so that was a very, very big ordeal for me. And that's when I like started finding more like purpose and passion and helping things and helping mm-hmm. people and bringing things on because in growing companies and helping other people. And so like, it took me like a year and a half. Like I got really out of shape. I got like all kinds of stuff. Like it was yeah. bad, like drink a lot. Just because you could wake up, dude. And like, I mean, like I tell people all the time, like you don't realize like how crazy it is. And I'm not like saying like, oh, pity me or whatever. But yeah, it's yeah. like, it's like when you can wake up every single day and do nothing but go have fun, pick a place in the world that you want to go to, travel there, do whatever you want, drink all fucking day, have fun, do it. Money is no longer an option. Mm-hmm. Like when it becomes completely not an option. Yep your whole perspective on everything changes really, really fucking fast and it goes crazy. And so like you have to have purpose, you know, like you have to have that purpose. And like 
I mean, dude, it's just, it's fucking crazy. But like, I got lucky that my addiction was money. But then, like I said, it did fucking affect me a lot. And then like now my passion is just helping people grow and build and, and learn and teach things. And so um, building things for passion and just having fun, taking it day by day, one day at a time and saying like, damn, like, you know what I mean? But like, that's something that a lot of people don't talk about. And I want to start talking about it more is what happens after you make the money? Because I'm, I'm involved in entrepreneur world, right? Yeah. And everyone is like trying to make money. So like when you have a purpose, like you're going to wake up like, like that's like there's a lot of reasons like people ask me like, why do you have so many unfinished tattoos? Because it gives me a purpose to get another tattoo. Yeah. It gives me a reason to finish that tattoo. So like I have like my entire body like from besides this, like besides my arms is all completely unfinished. All started tattoos that are all completely unfinished because I need to have a reason and a purpose to keep going. And if I don't have that, then I'll fucking fall into that same routine. I love that shit. So last, last question, then we're going to shut it down. This next generation of men and how things are playing out. How do you guys feel? <laughs> no, exactly. Because you guys um, are like, you, you're at your platform. Like you're yeah. trying to inspire these. What, uh, how are you guys going to change that? What I, are you guys doing? I to think it's actually changing now. I currently think it's changing. Um, I think, you know, it went through a lot of bad, crazy shit. Yeah. And, but I can see it, man. I'm seeing young entrepreneurs, young men hit me up on Instagram and they're like, dude, you fucking motivated me. He was like, I was like, I had one someone person and he straight up was just like, um, like one of the reasons I like when I'm starting this, that book, the better man project, we don't know what we're going to call it, but that's kind that's of like cool. my thing. And the reason I really want to start it is I had a guy come in and he messaged me and he was like, he was like, I'm depressed. I'm upset. Like, I hate my life. I'm about to have a kid, blah, blah. He's like, tell me all this shit. And he's like, I think about killing myself because then my kid would have money. I did this. And I, that, it's funny that this is actually what I told him. I literally said, go get a six pack. <laughs> I said, go get a six pack yeah. and then come back to me Yes, and then come back to me. And then like a month later, he sent me a picture of him having a six pack yeah. and he was like, holy shit, I got more energy. Yeah. And then I gave him another goal. Yeah. And then it was like, and then I said, and the next goal was like, learn how to make $50 a week mm-hmm. extra outside of your job. And then he did that. And then I came back and then the next week it was something else, like a different goal. I was like, and I gave him just like a list of goals, like over these like six months. And it was like, one of them was like, learn how to hold your breath underwater for two minutes. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he's like, that has absolutely nothing to do. And he was like, but it's worked thus far. So why not? Yep. And he went and learned, learned how to hold his breath underwater for two minutes. And then at the end of it, we were like talking and like, he completely like changed his life. Like, he's like in the year, like making good money. We still talk all the time. Yeah. And he was like, he's asked me, he's like, like this happened. The reason I bring this happened like two weeks ago. He's like, why'd you tell me to hold my breath underwater? And I was like, I, I was like, I, to be honest with you, I didn't know what to say. I just wanted to give you something that you had a purpose. Yeah, I'm right. You, ha- you had you had a purpose yeah, to do man. something, and then like that was that was that. So um, so my goal now is just I want to keep giving kids tasks to do, give them tasks to do, and like make them keep chasing tasks because my task, like I said, was always to just make money, yeah. and that gave me my purpose: make yeah. money, make money, make money. So giving people tasks to accomplish, you feel better when you accomplish something. Yeah, dude, I. Purpose is everything across the board. And I agree. I think that the narrative is changing with the new generation of men. Um, and you got to thank like the fucking pillars that be for doing that shit. I'm not even going to say their names right now. Everybody knows who the fuck they are. Um, the Tates. Yeah, bro. Like, it's like, you you got to thank them, dude. Like, yeah. it's Those motherfuckers set a trend and mm-hmm. set a path. And 
as drastic as some of the shit they say is, or like, again, a Wes or myself or you sometimes mm-hmm. like online, it's needed because mm-hmm. it swung so fucking far. So people needed to swing back just as far to get things going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And I think it's changing. I do, really do. I get messages every day, dude. And it's like emotional shit where I'm like, I'll have conversations, the same thing that you are, where I'm like deep diving into people's lives and trying to give them tasks and like get out of your house and do things and move your body and start writing stuff down. It, it makes me very happy mm-hmm. because I'm like, okay, for a while there, I thought we were all fucked. Yeah. I'm, like, screwed, dude. I'm, like, I'm like everything's going in a bad direction i'm like mm-hmm. my son's gonna grow up in a horrible place i've already chosen he's not going to fucking public school we're gonna be teaching him some other things <laughs> i want to go to school yeah i dude that'd be so sick i'm yeah. like and so where you teach some shit that they need to learn right yeah. that you need to learn but yeah like i think the more men that speak up about the shit that you said and that actually express what purpose is and why it's so needed everything will start to correct itself in a positive way it's like I've said it multiple times before, and it's like a very ego-driven thing to say, but I'll say it anyways. My goal, my purpose is to be remembered forever, right? And the reason why is because when I was a kid and I watched the movie uh, Troy and Achilles, mm, yeah. and Achilles looked down at that kid and said, no one will remember your name, shit fucked me up <laughs> because it made me realize that we could be on this planet for 100 years, die, and be forgotten right away. I yep. just refused to let that happen. So I was like, I'm just going to speak purpose into every individual that I possibly can. And I have another tagline that I always say, which is hate me. Is I'd rather tell you the truth and have you hate me than you hate yourself because then hopefully you'll change your life and your whole family will benefit. Yep. That's the goal. Every day it's to make one more person oh, aware. Yeah. One dude, more person awesome. aware. People need a reason to like hate and things. Like, you yeah. know, I, I have a lot of quotes like that I like love and that yeah. I talk about. And there's uh two two quotes that I always uh reference and one of them is um this is for everybody. So it's my favorite movie, A Night's Tale. Mm-hmm. Um, with his legend, that shit. and he and uh, that's the true entrepreneurship, right? Yeah, dude. And um, he says in that movie, the one thing that he says it's always stuck with me. No matter what, a man can always change his stars. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's like just that having that hope and belief means that the world is going to change. Mm-hmm. We we need people to spark that change, and we can be that change. And um, honestly, thank you for watching and sharing and talking about this because yes. it, it, it's all for you guys. Um, but like that tells me right there, the world can change. And then the other one is, um, it's actually kind of funny, but it's from the, the new Dracula. Well, it's older now, but he says, sometimes the world doesn't need another hero. Sometimes what it needs is a monster. 100%, and yeah. so becoming a monster in everything that you do, becoming strong and powerful, those, those right there, that's powerful. So realizing that no matter where you at, where you start, you can always change your life. And then sometimes what it takes is for you to become an absolute monster in everything and changing the perspective of, because I know a lot of things that are truly, truly evil to do in this world, but given the right circumstance, they're good things. I agree. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. So become that monster. All right. Well, we are going to shut this down, but guys, I want to let you guys know what they just said. My advice to you is let that shit live rent fucking free in your head. <laughs> let it live rent free in your fucking head. Cause right. that is the shit right there. Yep. Any last words? Take messy action every single day. I say that Love usually it. at the end of every podcast. It's what's helped me see all success. It's helped me change my entire life. Get out of your head. Stop listening to people around you and just mm-hmm. take messy action. Small things every day. Boom. Yep. Anything? You're done? I agree with that. Yep. Hell yeah. I agree with that. All right. And you, where's your, give us your Instagram. Where do people find you? Um, you can find me everywhere at Cole Lewis De Silva. My middle name is L-U-I-S. You'll find it. Check it out. It's the verified accounts. Don't get scammed. You <laughs> You'll see it. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Anthony's world. Anthony's world. Anthony's world. All right. 
Thank you guys so much. Maybe we'll do a part two. I think we could dive a little Hell deeper yeah. into this. Yeah, have some fun. Thank you guys. Me. I had fun. Thank you for allowing me to host. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Just Living know. Icon. Hell thank yeah. you guys. Yeah. Also, See you guys please, later. please remember, <laughs> comment, like, subscribe, and like share. Keep it like so we can get this rolling. I'm going to keep it like this the whole time. There we go. Were you there the whole time? Perfect, bro. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. That's right. perfect. There we go. That's a wrap. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Perfect. Peace. Start when we stop, we gon' we gon' get it done. Get it when we start, we gon' get it done. Start when we stop, we gon' we gon' get it done. Anthony's rum.